Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Hey guys, welcome again. Welcome to lesson number two in the series of Very Merry, capital M-A-R-Y. Say that for everybody listening on the podcast this week, Christmas. Last week, lesson one, it was incredible. Again, if you weren't here, uh, Pastor Bill Cornelius, Corpus, Trist, Corpus Christi, Texas, did an incredible job. Talked about our destiny. That was incredible, your destiny. Then he talked about churches and their destiny. So if you didn't hear it, incredible. I want to open up with a story. When my kids were little, uh, Gina and I went to Chicago one year right after Christmas Eve. We hung out there in Chicago and uh, you know how it is for the holidays. Her dad's over there and, and her sister and we had a blast, but we decided to do a, a short water fast. We decided to do it uh, beginning January 1st. We just thought we need to start. We're still in Chicago. So we went through our first day and after you come through holidays, um, that first day for me, it, it's no sweets, no caffeine. My, I had this splitting headache Felt like someone was pounding a nail through my eye, and it was just terrible. And then we decided to come home on the second, and the kids, uh, we leave early, they want, they want to eat, so I stop at a McDonald's, and we pay, and I'm standing there, it's packed with people, and 10-minute wait wasn't, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, 10 minutes, but then it hit 15, and at the 15-minute wait, I'm watching people who came in after me walking out one after another, and I'm getting a little antsy. Then it hit 20 minutes, and at 20 minutes, something happened. I, I had never had this happen in my life before, but something clicked, and I screamed. I did. I yelled. I said, hey, and everyone in the restaurant stopped. We've been standing here 20 minutes. People have come, and people have gone, and we have been standing here. Where's our food? My kids are little. They were mortified. My daughter Michelle's like pulling on me, Dad, Dad. And, and then I thought, oh no, what did I just do? And then I thought maybe I should say, hey, this is my second day of a water fast. I have a splitting headache. I'm grumpy and grouchy. And I passed her at church. Sorry. But I didn't. So it's dead silent in there. Everyone's stunned. The manager comes running over to me. He says, sir, what's wrong? What, what is going on? I said, Here's my receipt. I paid 20 minutes ago. I said, where's my food? I'm upset. And, I, and he looked at me. He looked at the receipt. He said, oh, my goodness. It slipped through the cracks. I don't know what happened. He said, give me your credit card. And I said, why? He said, just give it to me. So I give him my credit card. He got our order together in about a minute, and he refunded me the whole thing. I got it for free, and I thought, hmm, I learned a new way to get free meal. Um, <laughs> just scream out loud and let every customer hear it, you know? And uh, I don't know about you, that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it was connected to the fact I was miserable. And, uh, but I hate waiting. Do you hate waiting? And sometimes when you wait, don't you just feel like screaming? Like, ah! You wait in the uh, doctor's office, or you're waiting in the line, you're waiting for something to get to your house. It just can be something that drives you crazy. Well, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about it. I titled Lesson 2, A Very Merry, capital M-A-R-Y, Wait. And we're going to talk about waiting, which every one of us in this room hates to do. We hate to wait. So we're going to talk about that today. And Mary had to wait, guys. She had to wait. And think about what happened with this 
little girl, 15, 16 years old, an angel comes to her and says, you are going to give birth to the creator of the universe. He's the creator. He made everything you can see, everything you can't see. You have the privilege of him coming out of heaven and he's going to come into the earth through you. I mean, that had to blow Mary away. And Mary had to be thinking, you know, uh, once she gave birth, she had to be thinking, when is God going to show up? Because God's in my home. And I, I bet you she had to think, this is so awesome. Joseph will never have to struggle again. Our finances are going to be incredible because anytime we need something, God's living with, we'll just have him make some gold. God can make gold. And she had to think this thing is going to be amazing. And I could imagine Jesus is 12. He's 13. And at 13, he goes through, you know, the Jewish bar mitzvah. He goes through that. And that's when a Jewish boy becomes a man. And I'm sure Mary was frustrated the first 13 years because Jesus didn't do any God things. But after that, I bet she thought, now he can start to do his thing. Well, I can imagine. Cousin might have died, and Mary might have said to Jesus, hey, your cousin was too young to die. Raise him from the dead. You're God. And she probably was frustrated because she had to wait. You know how long she had to wait? 30 years before Jesus showed up as God. And for 30 years, she waited and waited and waited. And she had to learn the lesson that all of us have to learn. All of us have to wait. And so here's what I want you to walk out today understanding God prepares us for life in the waiting room of life God wants to do something incredible in our lives as we wait but for me I failed that test over and over again over the years because I've become so frustrated with God I've become upset with God at different times and I've said God where are you why didn't you show up why didn't this happen sooner and and you know what it took me a long time to learn what I'm about to teach you today. And I think, guys, we can, we, can, we can just change our attitudes in our life forever as we learn what Mary learned. Mary had to learn this, and she was able to look back at her life and figure it out. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about the subject of pain and suffering. We're going to have a blast, but Mary went through a lot of that, too, and disappointments, and we'll have a blast. But this week's all about waiting. So, I know in my life, if I can understand why I'm waiting, it makes it easier to wait. So I came up with three reasons you and I might have to wait in God's waiting room. Uh, the first two are sometimes, and we'll find out the third one is all the time. But let's talk about this first one. The first one goes like this. Waiting can be a timing issue. Sometimes it's just a timing issue. So here's a great example, bringing Jesus in. Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when the time arrived that was set by God, the Father, God sent his son born among us of a woman born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Now notice when the time arrived that was set by God. Sometimes it's just a timing issue. And you and I are frustrated and God's working behind the scenes and it just takes time for him to get everything to line up. And I remember when I was 19, that's when I accepted Christ, guys. And one of the first prayers I prayed, prayed is, Lord, I, I want a wife. Uh, bring me my wife. And I prayed that at 19. And a year later at 20, I was pretty frustrated with God. I'm like, God, come on. 21, I was even more frustrated. 22, 23, extremely frustrated with God. I'm like, God, what's taking so long? Here's what I didn't know. Do you know when I was 19 and I prayed that prayer? My wife, Gina, was 15 years old, 
and in ninth grade? <laughs> it's a timing issue sometimes. I mean, she's, she was 15 in ninth grade, and here I am 19 years old. And, and, and uh, when I was frustrated at 20, she was still in school. She lived in Chicago. And you know what God had to do? Gina accepted Christ at 18. And so he had to, first of all, bring her to Christ. And then she was set to go to a secular college. Uh, she was so excited about it. And then after she accepted Christ, he had to deal with her to go to a Bible school, the same one I was going to. So he had to deal with me to go to the school. He had to deal with her to go to the school. And our paths had to cross. And it was all a timing issue. Can you all agree it couldn't happen? I, I would have been in trouble if I dated her uh, when I was 19. That, that would not have gone well. It's a timing issue. And I'll never forget, uh, the first time I saw her, it was uh, just at the beginning of our second year of Bible school was when I met her. And all I could think is, she's cute. I've got to have her. And, uh, and I, I didn't think of anything else. She's cute, God, I want her. And, uh, and, and so we began to date. And you know what, what's, what's amazing about God? We just celebrated our 32nd year of marriage, Gina and I. And I'm still seeing gifts and abilities in her that blow my mind. And I think, God, I was just, I wanted her because she's pretty. And, uh, and you put all these other incredible things. And I learned something about waiting. Guys, sometimes we're waiting, not all the time, but sometimes it's a timing issue. And some of you are waiting for things right now. And guess what? God's working crazy behind the scenes and he's setting everything up so that that thing can happen in the time that thing's supposed to happen. Here's, here's another reason sometimes we wait Sometimes it's a battle issue. And when I found this out, I, I, was, I was amazed as a young Christian uh, when I found this out. Uh, Daniel prayed a prayer, and his prayer was, God, I'd like to know the future of my people, Israel. Show me what their future is going to be. And they were in captivity at the time. And then, you know what? Days passed, five days, 10 days, 15 days, 20 days. And you know, God never, never opened up his eyes, never showed him what he asked. But take a look at what happened. An angel came to him on the 21st day, Daniel 10, 12, and here's, here's what he said. Then he said, don't be frightened, Daniel, for your request has been heard in heaven and was answered. I love this. Was answered the very first day you began to fast before the Lord and pray for understanding. That very day I was sent here to meet you. I really believe God answers our prayers the first day. Sometimes it's a battle issue. Sometimes it's a timing issue. But, but listen to the next verse. But for 21 days, the mighty evil spirit who overrules the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the top officers of the heavenly army, came to help me so that I was able to break through the spirit rulers of Persia. The Bible doesn't say, that's about all you're going to see here about it. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that's the armor of God text. The Bible says in verse 12, we do not fight, or our fight is not with human beings. Now, sometimes, unfortunately, we have to go to war as soldiers, but he's talking about our everyday fight. He said our fight is with principalities and powers, and what he's describing is those evil spirits that are up there somewhere in the atmosphere. And sometimes, you know, God's wanting to get you something, but there's a battle going on behind the scenes. So sometimes it's a timing issue. Sometimes it's a battle issue. And then this next one is not sometimes, it is all the time. Sometimes it's a growth issue. No, all the time it's a growth issue. 
and we wait because God has to grow us. Sometimes God can't take you to the next step till you pass your test or until you grow. And that's really important for you and I to understand. Listen to this, guys. It's Romans 8.24, and it reads like this. This is why waiting does not diminish us. Because you're waiting, you're not being diminished. A delay is not a denial. That's important for you to understand. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. That means we grow. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. So there's a way for you and I to learn to wait to where we actually become excited like a pregnant mother would become excited. I talked to a pregnant mother after first service. She's, in, she's just gone through her sixth month, and she's three months away, and her and her husband, it's their second child. They had a big smile on their face, and as you know, the belly of a pregnant woman gets a little bigger. Everybody's excited. Well, God wants you and I to begin to dwell in that expectancy that as we wait and we wait, we realize, you know what? God's growing me, and he wants to grow us. And I'll show you things you can do to make sure you grow during this crazy time of waiting that frustrates all of us. But there's something really cool in nature that I think paints a beautiful picture. It's the bamboo plant. And living here in this part of the country, we know very little, most of us, about bamboo plants. But you know how they grow a, a new bamboo plant? They cut one that's growing, they cut it in half, and they plant the half into the ground. Do you know what they do? They water it, they fertilize it, and it's the most amazing plant. They do it for a year and there's no growth. They do it for two years, there's no growth. They do it for three years, there's no growth. Can you imagine how frustrating that can be if you don't understand the bamboo? They do it for four years, no growth. We would probably pull it out of the ground. I think some of us are pulling some things out of the ground. We become so frustrated because we don't see what we want to see. But it's a growth issue. The sixth year, there's no growth. Can you imagine watering it and fertilizing it for six years? Crazy. But on the seventh year, bamboos won't grow till the seventh year. In the seventh year, in a 24-hour period, that bamboo can grow three feet in 24 hours. It can grow nine feet in five days. That's amazing. And that gets me to thinking about us while you and I are going through life. And I'm going to show you some things you can do. And we're doing what we need to do while we're waiting. God's building these muscles in us and God's growing us. And there's going to come a day in your life you're going to go bamboo. And when you go bamboo, <laughs> 24 hours, whoo! It's just going to happen. And people are going to think, that happened fast. And you're going to think, that wasn't fast at all. That took a really long time. But sooner or later, you're, it's going to sprout. It's going to change. It's going to grow. And if you can just stick with what God wants you to do, it changes everything. So I got to thinking about this. And I, I love to just check things out, research. And so I did. I came up with five things. Five things. <laughs> That's six. Five things <clears throat> that you and I need to do. Uh, in God's waiting room. So while you're waiting, instead of becoming frustrated, here's the five things you and I need to do. The first one's really cool. It's keep serving. Keep serving. You know, in a restaurant, um, when we're waiting for our food, I think it's a fascinating thing because our servant is called a waiter, right? It's kind of, I sit there and think, why are they the waiter? We're the ones sitting here waiting. We, sh we should be called the waiter, right? 
But the word waiter also means to serve. That's why they're called waiters. It means to serve. And if you and I want to grow muscles while we're waiting, one of the most incredible things we can do is serve. L listen to this. This is John 12, 26, and it reads like this, part B. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. And this is Jesus. Anyone who serves Jesus, listen to this, the Father will reward and honor you. So I want you to think about this for, the moment, for a moment. I know in my life, when I'm frustrated, when God's not coming through, when I'm waiting, one of the toughest things to do is to say, God, all right, I'm going to put all that on a burner, and, and I'm going to live my life for you. That's, that can be tough. And we've got people in this church that volunteer and serve. It's amazing. We have folks here that volunteer and serve for parachurch organizations, you know. Uh, those are non-church organizations where they're Christian, and they help them do some things. But the majority of Christians will volunteer in a church because in a church, that's where most of the needs are. There's so many needs in a church. And I think of our volunteers here, guys. I'm blown away, and I'm very humbled when I see our volunteers here, believers. If I come out of my office during the week, I'll see people running the sweeper in here and in the lobbies. I'll see people cleaning the bathroom. They're volunteers. They're not employees. They're volunteering. I see guys building sets like the set behind me and building all kinds of things and doing all kinds of labor. They're volunteering. Then I see all the cool people that you and I see with our eyes in a service, whether they're musicians or all the people in the lobbies with the kids. It's amazing. And here's why we're all doing it, just so you understand why it's being done. And, it, and God's growing you as you do it. We're doing it because this church, it, our, our job is to shake the Mahoning Valley for God. And when I say shake, I mean bring thousands and tens of thousands of people into the church, into the kingdom of God. And we are doing a knockout job. But you know what? God's given us such an incredible destiny as a church. We have so many more things God's called us to do. We're going to need hundreds of more volunteers. And, and for those of you that aren't volunteering, in my opinion, nothing's more rewarding. Some of you are people, people, people. So, you know, think about it. All you do is come to church a little bit early and you can be one of those smiling faces in the lobby. Think about it. Some of you don't like people, so you can work in a booth somewhere. You, we, we have behind-the-scenes things. Some of you are with people all week, so you don't want to be with people anymore. I understand that. We all understand that. There's, we, we need people everywhere. But here's what's so important about it. While you're volunteering and saying, I'll be faithful to you, God, man, God's growing a muscle in you, and sometimes he can't give you the next step. He can't open up that door. He can't do for you we want you to do until you build some muscles up. So one thing is we do, we serve. Here's, here's the second. We just simply connect. And sometimes we just have to connect, or all the time, I should say. And when I talk about connecting, I'm talking about hanging out in church. You see the scripture reference there in Hebrews 10. It just simply says, don't forsake gathering together. That's all it says. Uh, and we gather together in rows Rows are fun, aren't they? I, I don't know about you, but I have fun on the weekend. I just have a blast hanging out here. But then we also have to hang out in circles. That's the connect groups. And I think about the guys that go through my connect groups. I, I keep taking around 15 to 20 guys through a connect group. I do it twice a year. I call it disciple. And I handpick people. And it's the most amazing thing. And if I haven't invited you and you say, Pastor Joe, you've skipped over me, just write your name down and your phone number, and we're going to do it again after the first of the year, and, and I'll give you a call, and, and we'll set that up. It's an amazing group, but here's what I love about it. 
when people look at me and say, my life's never been the same since I've connected. And they tell me what God's done in their lives because they connected with other people. And, and it's just, my group's just for men. But I think about my prayer group on Saturday morning. It's male and female. And I think about all the incredible connections. I think about all the incredible connect groups we have here and all the people that go through different groups and the growth that's happened. Uh, guess what? While you're waiting, grow your spiritual muscles by connecting. Here, here's the next one. Keep obeying. And this one's, this one's really important to keep obeying. That just means keep doing what God tells you to do in the Bible. Keep doing what God tells you to do in your heart. Listen to this scripture, John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me, Jesus. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. And I've noticed in my life, when I tell God I'm going to obey a scripture and do what you ask, or how, how many of us know that there are times when God speaks to our heart to do something? And I know in my life, whenever God speaks to my heart to do something, it's always something I don't want to do because he's trying to stretch me, right? And that's what he does. He'll tell you to do something you don't want to do. So back in December, last December, uh, a year ago, God dealt with me to do an extended water fast. And, and, and so I was going to do Wednesdays. I was going to water fast every Wednesday in, in January and say, Lord, that's going to be my... And then I was going to do some other light fasting, give up some media... And so God said, I want you to do an extended fast. And my first word was, you mean two days? Because <laughs> I'm just saying, that's double, God. And he just kept dealing with my heart. And what I kept hearing is extended, extended, extended. And that was tough. So in my mind, I wasn't sure what God was saying. I said, all right, God, 21 is a real cool number for water fasting in the Bible. I'll, I'll do 21. And up to that time, I had only done, I think, three days of water fasting. So I said, God, I'll do 21. And I was amazed. Once you get past the third day, um, I, I can go a year because I have an endless source of energy, so I can just, I can go a year. I mean, I have more energy when I'm water fasting than I do when I'm eating. It's the most amazing thing ever. I kick into this gear, and that doesn't happen for everybody, but I kick into a gear where it's like, this is a piece of cake, and I don't even have to think about what I'm going to eat. It's like, this is easy. Um, but you know what? I hit 11 days, and it was okay. That 12th day, my body began to shake, and I, I, I just couldn't even stand up. And I realized my electrolytes had got out of line, and I should have probably been checking with a doctor. And, uh, but I'm a guy, so we don't do that. So, so um, I ate a banana, and everything was great. Here's why I tell you this story. It, it was an amazing story. I prayed and fasted for this church, for you. I prayed and fasted for specific things in my life, in this church's life. And the miracles and breakthroughs that God did this year, they blow my mind. And I'm not exaggerating. When I tell you stories, I don't, I don't, I don't add to my stories to make them more fun. I'm, I'm actually as, I am that bad where I screamed at the McDonald's. I'm not making that up. I tell you true stories. But my wife, every week this year, at one time or another, she just looks at me and she says, you are not the same guy you were before you water. She said, God did something in you. I said, he did. Now, he may never ask you to water fast, guys, or water fast that long. So I'm just telling you what he dealt with my heart over. But here's what I learned. When I step out and obey God about what he's asking me to do, it changes everything. You know what else it did? It built spiritual muscles. And, and here I am waiting for God to do things, and, and I found out if I obey what he's telling me to do, it, it changes everything. And, and then here's the next one. Sometimes we just need to keep doing. 
And, and I'll explain this with a scripture, Luke 16, 10. It says this, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in bigger or larger things. Think about God. You're, you're expecting a breakthrough. You want doors to open. You want a promotion. Whatever it is, you want this to happen. You're praying all these things. And God's watching our life, and he's thinking, be faithful with what you have, and then I, I, I can bamboo you, and, <coughs> and I can change something, and I can give you something you don't have. Think about that, guys. Here you are in school. You're studying like crazy. You're a student. You're working hard. And all God's looking for is you to give 100%. He just wants you to give 100%. That's all. And if 100% gets you a C, so what? You gave 100%. All of us that are working, maybe you hate your job, maybe you love it. Uh, all God's wanting you to do is give 100%. And if you're, you're crying out for a promotion and you're not giving 100%, I believe that's going to stop God from being able to bless you. And guess what happened? As we keep doing, we're building spiritual muscles, and God's growing us. And as he grows us and enlarges us, boy, he can do some amazing things. But sometimes, you know, it's a timing issue. Sometimes it's a battle issue. And God's just wanting us to grow muscle, to learn to be patient, and to keep doing what we need to do and what, what needs to be done until whatever he wants us to do shows up. Now, this last one, I saved it for last because it's really important. Keep praying and keep thanking. The enemy, what he wants to happen in your life is he wants you to start releasing negative things out of your mouth. He, he wants you to just become negative. And I, I, I say this with all honesty and all truth. There is no one in this room by nature that is any more negative than I am. Some of you could be equal but none of you are anymore. I see life, if I allow myself in the natural state, I see life, the glass is half empty. That's how I see life. I wasn't born seeing the glass half full. And my wife can tell you our first couple years of marriage, I am an extremely negative person. I don't know why, some of it's genetics, I don't know what it is. <coughs> so if I can become positive, anyone in this room can become positive. Don't allow the enemy to, die, uh, to lie to you. You can become positive. Now, if you were to ask my kids what kind of guy I am, they would tell you I'm the happiest person they know. I'm happy all the time now. I've learned to focus on what's right. But here's what I've learned. The enemy wants me to spoo out negative things because guess what that does? It stops releasing angels to fight hidden battles. It, it, it stops God from allowing things that he wants to do in your life to be done. So the enemy wants you and I to become as negative as we can. And God's saying, you know what, guys? Thank me all the time. Not for the bad things, but find good things in your life and just begin to thank me for what you do have. God's saying, just keep whispering prayers up and praying your heart out. Why? Because when you speak those positive, life-giving things, it releases God to do his thing. But you know what else it does? It grows us. Man, when you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, so to speak, and you can be positive, there's spiritual growth that's happening. And when you can be positive when the world's falling apart, there's spiritual growth that's happening. And while you're in the waiting room of life, God will prepare you for the future. He'll prepare you for incredible things he wants to do in your life. But it's all about us just saying, you know what? I'm making a decision today. I'm going to begin to release these five things 
and work on these five things. I think I gave you guys some incredible stuff today that we can do, and it takes the frustration away from me when I know timing issue, battle issue, is simply a growth issue. I don't want to be like the children of Israel. Um, it took them 40 years, you know, in the desert before they got into the promised land, and that's such a beautiful picture. You know what's a beautiful picture? God said the old generation has to die, except for Caleb and Joshua. They have to die, and I won't take them into Israel till it's the new generation. You know what God's saying to you? Our old way of thinking, our old way of living, our attitudes that are not godly, they have to die. And as we pick up these new attitudes and we grow these muscles, God's saying, I can get things to you and I can give you breakthroughs that you're looking for. Guys, let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord, I did my best to bring an, just an incredible part of the Bible out. And I thank you that where I lack, the Holy Spirit does the rest. And Lord, I thank you for these incredible people. You know, Lord, they came here today because they're hungry to learn about you. And that blows my mind. They're hungry for you, Lord. And I'm so glad you said if we seek, we shall find. So I thank you for this being a finding day where they find and they understand and lives are changed. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me for times when I've been frustrated while I'm waiting. And I'm talking about waiting on you, Lord. And I know all of us in this room have had those moments. And Lord, we say forgive us. But Lord, thank you for opening up our understanding today. And Lord, we thank you that while we're waiting, we can do these incredible things that you brought out to us today. Lord, I ask you bless these dear people. Change us forever because we're here. Now guys, stay in an attitude of prayer, heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to give one more invitation. If you're here and you're not sure of your forever, your eternity, listen up. We partook of the Lord's Supper and we talk about Jesus died for us. We're remembering he died for us. He's so incredible. I'm so thankful for Jesus. He redeemed and saved my soul. And the majority of us in this room, he did the same thing for all of us. But if you're, not, if you're here and you're not sure of your forever, I want to give you an opportunity to be sure of your forever. You know, the Bible teaches us that all of us have fallen short of God's awesomeness because of Adam's sin. So that's why Jesus came. That's why Mary gave birth to the Savior. And Jesus didn't come just to live. He came to die. He came to die for you and he came to die for me. And they hung him on that tree and he died, man. They buried him for three days and three nights and then he came up out of that grave. He's alive and here's what Jesus declared. Whoever calls on my name, I will save them. I will redeem them. I will make them my children. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you're an atheist, agnostic, or religious. That's not what I'm asking. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal and you said, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. If you're here and you say, I can't remember that day, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else, would you help them? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just say this to me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe and accept you as Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.